You're listening to Series 2, Episode 1 of the Study Hub. English Paper 1 and Study Tips. We're back, baby! And we brought you a little something. Indeed, we are back and you're all very welcome into the Study Hub on this Tuesday evening. What an auspicious Tuesday it is because today is the 22nd of the 2nd, 2022. Or 2202022222. Today is the only date in your lifetime that is both a palindrome and an ambigram, meaning it reads the same left to right or right to left and when turned upside down. So just think about that tonight at 22 minutes past 10 or 22.22. You see, this is the kind of fact that we really love here on the Study Hub. I'm Evan O'Rourke and yes, we are back with these kind of facts and more. And following on from the Study Hub of 2021 last year, where we guided students through the topsy-turvy Leaving Cert experience, the accredited grades, remember them? We're back in action here in drive time until Easter every Tuesday and Thursday from 6.35pm. We're going to cover as many subjects that we can. And we've brilliant teachers for you all lined up to share their wisdom and their tips and their insights. And after every show, we will quickly podcast the subject so you can download the subjects that matter to you. So just in case you need convincing of how wonderful our teachers are, here's a little taster of last year's teachers in action. Return to the language of the question, the specific buzzwords that are in there. Put in synonyms, yes, you know what I mean? Show off. This is this is an exercise in showing off at the end of the day. The examiner who's correcting it is not there to screw the kid. He's not there to make it hard on the kid. He's there to try and help the kid. What they're really particular about is for students to follow instructions. So my advice is to just keep the head down, keep practicing, um, try and do little and often, try and have really focused practice sessions. So you can text us now at 51551 or email us with your questions and queries at studyhub at rt.ie. And one of the areas that we will be highlighting for you too are these amendments to the papers because in most cases the changes are there to help you and to aid you and give you time and we'll clearly mark those out for you as we go along so as you're up to date as possible. And also you can check out our partners in this, our good friends at RTE Learn who will be hosting all the notes and the additional material and tips on their site too. And just as we were discussing there this evening, English Paper 1 is up for discussion first. It's the big beast really for many of us in the Leaving Cert and we're delighted that Connor Murphy from Skibberian Community School will be with us to share his insights and also coming up the one and only Enda O'Darty, who's a study skills expert. What he doesn't know about getting the best out of your time management is not worth knowing so do, t- do tune into Enda. His enthusiasm alone is worth experiencing. But as you said this evening we start with English Paper 1 and before we get stuck into it you know I know that in a minute one of the ways Connor is going to advise you to prepare for this exam is interesting. It's to listen and to read more and that for example reading big classic speeches is a good idea to get the creative juices flowing for English Paper 1. Political speeches can be well worth poring over for example just to see how ideas can be fleshed out and presented by a writer because they should demonstrate how you can write big ideas in an accessible and inspiring way. So to get us started here's a clip of two very recent big speeches that got a lot of attention but as you listen to it ask yourself if these speeches were effective and how they were effective. Both are from the Covid era, one at the start of the lockdown and the other marking the point where we're nearly at the end of it. We have not witnessed a pandemic of this nature in living memory and this is uncharted territory for us. We said we would take the right actions at the right time and we have to move now to the greatest impact. So from 6pm today the following measures are being put in place and they will stay in place until the 29th of March. Schools, colleges and childcare facilities will close from tomorrow 
where possible teaching will be done online or remotely. Cultural institutions will close as well. Our journey through the pandemic has brought many twists and turns, and I have stood here and spoken to you on some very dark days. But today is a good day. Earlier, my government colleagues and I met to consider the latest report from the National Public Health Emergency Team. That report confirmed that we have weathered the Omicron storm. Therefore, from 6am tomorrow morning, the majority of public health measures that we have had to live with will be removed. Teachuk Michael Martin Lee of Radcord there. Connor, I know you're on the line there. You're very welcome to the programme. Hey Evelyn, how's it going? Now, you know, just using those speeches as a jumping off point for this paper, it's an important exam for so many students because so many sit the English paper at both levels. But there are some changes, some amendments this year. So bearing that in mind, the duration hasn't changed. It's still that two hours, 50 minutes, but the marks allocation has changed. You might give us an overview of those changes, Connor. No problem. So uh, it was 400 marks for the two papers overall, and now it's 200 marks per paper. So that's 280 overall. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I got that wrong. So I'll start again. Go for it. It was 200 marks per paper and now it's 140 marks per paper. So that's 400 overall down to 280 overall. Um, the, the So paper one, which is what we're talking about today, the A and the B were 50 marks and now they're both 40 marks. But the, but the big essay, the big section two essay is still 100 marks. Um, that which is a very important thing to kind of take a note of. Sure. The big difference, of course, as we're saying, is this choice now between section A and section B. You used to have to do both. What is your advice around choosing the right section for you? Well, ultimately, it comes down to each individual uh, student, which one they prefer doing. So a B is like the short focused, like a mini essay, a mini piece of very functional writing, uh, like a blog or a talk or a letter. So if they like doing that, if they feel they're good at doing that, then that they can go for that. But my advice would always be kind of to go for the A. It's the classic English comprehension. Um, each, there's three questions in it and they're all very predictable. The first question is on information gathering from the text that they've read. The second one is an opinion on the text they've read. And the third one is about the style and the techniques that the writer has used and how well they've used them, etc. And they'll be used to kind of teasing those questions out and looking for those pieces of style, not just in doing question A's, but in studying all of their texts. They'll be used to kind of putting together what is good bit of writing and, and being able to talk about that. So the A is a very structured way to begin your whole Leaving Cert exam. So it's probably the best way to go, with my now, moving on then, let's talk about the essay because there's so much talk about the essay uh, worth 100 marks now. How do you begin to whittle down the titles? Because I think there's seven potential titles there. What, what should a student be thinking about as they go into the exam halls? They don't get swamped by the choice on offer. Well, each student will go in and the teacher will have spoken to them and each student will have their favourite thing that they like to do. Um, so say that favourite thing is the short story. But of course, you go in, you sit down and you see the two short story options out of the seven, you go... Flip it. And there's something else there. So <laughs> you say, flip it. <laughs> uh, that doesn't suit me. So you have to kind of have a backup plan. You have to have something in your back pocket. And for me, that's the persuasive speech. Because again, just like the A, that's that can be very, you can know the structure of it. You can go in knowing the structure. You can go in having a learnt off a list of techniques that you might want to tick off and use as you go through the speech. And in that way, it becomes kind of almost formulaic for yourself. And you can guarantee yourself a fairly good mark if, you, if you're able to pull that together. So have that in the back always ready to go. And that's kind of like a little safety net for yourself. So this is all about being strategic. I mean, there's a romance to kind of going into the exam hall and somehow creating an extraordinary short story. But that's hugely pressurised. 
realising you're saying, I think, and that in some ways you have to be really smart about this and go, there's a certain limit to this, you know, give myself, do myself a favour, be planned, be planned, be prepared for this. Exactly. I mean, you can do the short story. And the best thing about this is that you've got two hours now. So if you took, say, this stuck with the 45 minutes for your A, your five minutes to read the paper, that means you've got two whole hours to sit down and, and do a really good essay, um, which is completely new for for students. Uh, that level, that, that, that uh, amount of time. And one of the things that a clever student of mine did when he was, did his pre's was that he actually sat down and he, out of the seven essays, he actually planned out three. He took 15 to 20 minutes and he planned out three just to see which one he was best at. And he quickly crossed out one, you could see it when I was correcting. He crossed out one, obviously it wasn't going anywhere. And the other two he planned out in a little bit more detail. He took his 15, 20 minutes and then he picked which one he was more comfortable writing. And then he had that because he had the time to do it and he had the time. And that way they get the creative juices are flowing and you're thinking a little mm -hmm. bit more. And it's it's just a, I, that's a great little tip that I'm going to steal from him. I like it. I mentioned earlier when I was talking to Samantha about your tip about the short story and you've got very simple, clever ideas like have your twist, start with your twist because you need a twist. Yeah, so you go in with your short story and they're becoming a very genre, they can be very specific in the exam. They can give you certain things like has to have a chair, has to have a book or has to be a detective and has to be a fairy tale. And that's all very well and good. And you can take those on board. But if you're sitting down, you have to think of two things. I'm going to have a setting, I'm going to set it somewhere. I'm going to put a character into that setting. And then you want that character to want something. He has to want, he or she has to want something. And then if you have the time, you can come up with, well, actually, they need to do something else. And the great example from another student, I'm going to steal this. <laughs> um, we did this in class and they were rewriting their short stories. And I gave them this little tip and he said that he wanted his character to want red sauce. And that was it. He wanted red sauce. And he came up with the ending first. And that's the key. You come up with the ending first because you want to have a little twist and you want to have the plan to the ending. So he said that at the end of his short story, he'll have the guy get in the sauce. He'll, he'll let his character get what he wants. But then he turns around and his dog's after eating his dinner. And there's no point with the red sauce. <laughs> Epic stuff here, my goodness. Epic stuff. It was so simple and it was so brilliant because then once he had his ending with the yep. dog eating the red sauce, or the dinner rather, undermining the need for the red sauce. He knew that he had to mention the dog at the beginning. He had to set that up. And it's then he could even play around with that idea and he could have the, the main character opening up a tin of dog food, but then actually giving it. And then at the end, he could have he could have had the characters what we discussed. He could have had the dog eating the dinner and the character eating the dog food. Your on the point couch. is, though, it doesn't, everybody sort of is aiming for the stars with this. What you're saying is you can pick a fairly benign domestic setting, but it's about building up that tension. It's about having twists. So you, you bring the reader with you so that you know, they're, they're going for you to get your red sauce by the end. Exactly. So he has to have a number of obstacles in front of him. So in this case, the character, he didn't fix the cupboard, so he couldn't open the cupboard. And that was the <laughs> obstacle. And then what he had to learn Sounds then was a documentary, Connor, from many of our homes. <laughs> but it, it, was, it was so simple and so brilliant. And it wasn't drugs and it wasn't murder. Yes. It was just a guy trying to get his dinner. Uh, quickly then, the article. I like this one because this one involves a cup of tea and a scone. How can I in any way be using a cup of tea to help me study for English paper one? Uh, English is the best subject because this is the kind of thing you can do. You, you find articles, they can look them up online or, and teachers are going to kill me now, teachers might, I, this is what I do, I, I post articles that I like up on the kind of the Teams, the digital platform that we have in school and I post, post them up for my sixth years and my fifth years and they can read them. So they can spend perfectly valid study time <laughs> sitting at home with a cup of tea, a biscuit or maybe a scone with some jam and cream and they're reading the article 
but they're reading it closely. So they're marking along as they go along what the article is doing. So they're hooking me up at the beginning. They're mentioning something at the beginning and they're returning to it at the end. They've used some persuasive bits in the middle there. They've had a little anecdote and you're marking along as you're going along in the article or the opinion piece or the personal bit of writing. And you're looking for all these little bits and that's practicing for the A, but it's also giving you tips on how to write as well at the same time. And you're having a cup of tea and a scone. Listen, that sounds great. And you're saying as well, personal writing advice is pretty much the same as the articles. Connor, as always, we're fighting the clock on the programme. Have you a kind of a last note that you'd like to mention that you think students could carry in their heads as they begin to think really in serious terms about paper one? Paper one is all about now well, you've, got, you've, you've got your two hours and 50 minutes. Now it's all about planning this in great care. So if you're studying at home and you're doing all that and then you can take it and you can plan and plan for 15, 20 minutes. And now you have the time to, to relax and you have the time in the exam to just show off what you're good at. And I'd say just em- embrace that. And if, if possible at all, bring in a flask of tea as well with you. <laughs> I like it. Listen, Connor Murphy, thank you so much for joining us this evening with your top tips for paper one. We'll be, we'll be talking to you again, I'm sure. Thank you so much. Now, all the way back uh, in 2021, during our first round of Study Hub, we collected a gang of friends who were also studying for their exams. And it was people we came across through chats and their YouTube channels. And they talked to us as they went through all the different changes from the accredited grades to the papers. But now a year later, from when we first met them, they're all happily uh, installed in college courses and the Leaving Cert seems like a dream to them now. We'll hear from them over the coming nights, but we thought it'd be nice for you guys to hear from them. So directly from them to you, we're going to start this evening with a message from one of our friends from last year. And this one is from Ellen Clark. Hey everyone, um, it's Ellen Clark here. I was on the study hub last year talking about the Leaving Cert, if any of you remember me. I'm just here to wish you all the very best of luck in your Leaving Cert and hope your mocks went extremely well. Um, I know this time of the year the motivation can get a little bit low, but I really just want to encourage you all to keep pushing. You know, have a routine, have a schedule, keep pushing, you can do it. This time last year I was hoping to get into Trinity and I am now in Trinity studying my first choice. So it's possible. Just keep working hard. Keep pushing at it. Um, I believe in all of you. So all good luck. And we wish Ellen and all our friends in the class of 21 well in whatever path they choose to follow this year. And do get in touch if you're YouTubing your experience this year. We'd love to hear from you. And hearing from Ellen there, this leads me nicely to our next topic, which is all about that study, the dreaded study plan. And joining me now for a good overview of where you should be when it comes to your studying, also how to study smart and deal with distractions, is Endo Darty from Study Skills Ireland founder and motivational speaker. Endo Darty, welcome back to the Study Hub. Ethan, how are you? I'm great. Listen, I want to start by talking about the mocks because it's hard to believe it now, but this time last year, schools weren't even sure if they were having them or how they were taking place. But they then became very important, you know, for students in terms of determining points if they hadn't uh, sat the final exam. This year, it's different. You know, most schools seem to have done the mocks. I think many of them are over at this stage. So what should students take from the mock exam experience that can inform them, can help them as they prepare for the Leaving Cert in June that they know now is happening? Well, you know, Evan, the other day something happened in our home here and my wife and kids got annoyed at me. They said, Dad, you're always bloody positive. Would you ever say something negative? <laughs> I so know how they feel. All... You are very positive. It's good, though. <laughs> I am an extremely positive person. So when I look at the mocks, look, what I would say to my students that I'm teaching and what I say to students who I've worked with around the country is there's no such thing as a bad mock. So if something goes wrong, what you really want to do is make sure that you don't repeat that error in June. So you were talking there about planning your essay or planning your short story or whatever you're doing. If you got that wrong for the mocks, that's one 
100% fine. That's what mocks are meant for. So make sure that you fix the issues and fix the problems. I think the other thing too is if something went well for you in the mock or maybe you're sitting your mocks this week, I know some schools are doing them a little bit later, straight after the, the midterm, but if you're sitting the mocks and something goes well, be sure that you take note of that because can you imagine this, if you do something that works fantastic for you in the mocks and then you forget to do the good thing again in June, you'd be kicking yourself that you didn't repeat that performance. So if something is good, record it. Um, I think what I always say to students is maybe you should think about a fixed list. So a fixed list goes like this. Say, for example, biology, you didn't know enzymes or in history, you didn't know the, the I don't know, the Versailles Treaty. Say there was things, a list of items that you didn't know. Rather than panic, each day after the exams or now if you've finished your mocks you can do it make a list of those topics and plan to revisit them but we don't want to just make a list that we put at the back of the folder so what I say to students is when you've made that fixed list from the mocks maybe then you might slot those topics into your school diary so let's say for example Tuesdays is not the worst day for you because you might have PE or CSP or you might have the half day whatever your school is going on in your school community so pick a day or two days in the week where you know that the homework and study load isn't quite as heavy and maybe slot in then your fixed list there. So have those topics sorted because we all know Murphy's Law. If something can go wrong, it will go wrong. So if you didn't do enzymes or reproduction this time around, I promise you it'll be on June and you'll have been caught twice. So, you know, the mocks, I think it's a really, what you want to engineer is a situation where it's heads I win, tails I win. You can't really go wrong. And I think that makes the mocks really worthwhile for people, not stressful. Now, can we talk to you about the students who got the wake up call with the mocks, which is what it used to be, where some people go, oh dear, right, I really have to get stuck in now. And we all know that yeah. that feeling of feeling overwhelmed. What if somebody's listening this evening and really they've had that wake up call and they're now slightly panicking, no need to panic, you know, but they've got that feeling of a deadline looming. Where do you start when you are really thinking about the next few months and the best way to approach your timetabling? Well, the first the first thing I'd say is to understand that if you feel anxious or if you feel a little bit stressed, the very best thing to do is to go and talk to someone about how you feel because that's going to diffuse it instantly. And I would see a huge increase in students suffering from anxiety, suffering from literally panic because of what we've lived through in as a country, not just academically. So, you know, we've had a pandemic. We've had, you know, I, I was laughing there at Cir- my local Circle K petrol station has a sign saying, you know, you'll re- be refused entry if you're not wearing a face covering. And over it, the old sticker that says please remove your helmet or face covering or you won't be served <laughs> you know so if we yeah. are you know you walk into the bank with a full face mask balaclava on and you're now thanked you know so it's been a strange time for our young people so you know I would say the first thing is be kind to yourself the second thing to realise is you know systems are best so um, do you know roughly how much money is in your wallet right now Evelyn I'd say nothing I seem to have no money in my wallet because of children who keep gold for it but there you go <laughs> right okay well if, if, if any of your listeners or students think about what's in your wallet or what's in your room so if you've got five euro fifty or six euro you're not going to go into a shop and buy a playstation a coat and two pairs of runners because you know that that money is finite it only stretches a certain distance so the first thing to realize is the exams are starting and what i say to people is as uncomfortable as it is get a calendar put it up and figure out how much time you've left because that time is finite right so straight away you know how much time you've got the next thing is you know everyone's going to work hard between
between now and the examinations. But work better than working hard. I always say my catchphrase, work smart. So what are the main topics? What comes up most often? What do I know most about? What am I most skilled at? So make a decision to target material that comes up regularly, that gets good scores, that you know you can handle and you can manage. But Andrew, and if we you've all got know, that hit list of topics. We all know those students, you know, who spent hours and hours and hours up in the room. It's nearly torturous. They're maybe not getting great results from it. Like, what is the time allocation people and parents should be aware of for students at this point in time? How many hours, how many minutes? What, what's reasonable? Yeah, well, when, when most often when I'm doing study skill seminars in schools, that's probably the number one question I get asked by parents and students. Students in particular, and I'm, I'm in sixth year at the moment. I'm just wondering how much, or I'm in fifth year. I'm wondering how much should I do? And really what they're asking me is how little can they do, right? Because they sort of, they're feeling a bit guilty about it. But what I, my, my standard answer to people is this, you know, depends on what you're targeting. You know, if you're going for a really high points course, you're going to have to put the effort in. It's like anything in life. It's a, If it's a big challenge, it's a big reward. But I always say to parents and kids, to remember this, that, you know, this exam, while it's wonderful and it gives you great opportunities, it doesn't define you. And and the analogy I often use for parents is to remind young people, you know, your number one priority is to be healthy, happy, and then get the best academic success you can have. And I suppose a simple analogy is this, Evelyn, if you you think about, you know, if you were on the start line of a marathon and you saw this guy and he was hopping up and down and pouring sweat and shouting at everyone, high-fiving, you'd probably go over and say, listen, you need to calm down. There's another 26 miles to go. And, you know, Oh, chunks, I think. Yeah, so Amanda, what you're saying maybe is chunks. So it's 20 minutes and 45 minutes and then move on. That, that the hours and hours thing doesn't work. No, it doesn't. I think keep keep the study group, keep it into small sections. I think keep it really varied. So if you can mix up your subject, mix up your topic, mix up your methodology and mix up your time, that variety will keep you stimulated. You know, if you watch something like TikTok or Instagram, you'll see that your news feed or you'll see the video is changing so rapidly and that holds your attention. So if you are struggling with the concentration or pressure, mix your methodology, try to find as many methods as you can, try to keep the time mixed so you're maybe doing blocks of 50 or 20 minutes and the more mix and more variety you have the more you'll concentrate you know it's a bit like and I would think probably put yourself under time pressure so set a task and set a time for so I'm going to get this done in 20 minutes you know if you think about it Evelyn most people crash the car when they're going slowly near their house mm-hmm. and if you're on the motorway and you're going pretty fast and you're concentrating yeah. much harder the journey goes quicker and you're safer so what we need to get is students okay. concentrating on going faster and more efficient Great and a bit like the task I'm setting myself to be out of the studio here. So listen, thank you so much for that. We'll be back to you again, I'm sure. Uh, thanks a million for that. And O'Doherty there. Thanks everyone for your questions and messages. Stay in touch with us at steadyhub at rt.ie. Don't forget to check out RT Learn where uh, and other teachers are contributing extra and additional information for us. On Thursday, we'll be talking about Maths Paper 1 and Irish, particularly the oral exams that do tune in. So until Thursday, from me and the team, goodbye.